0: Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, October the 7th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year C, so proper week 23, which is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the gospel passage from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week of the church's calendar year. And so we found ourselves, you guessed it, right back in the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men had leprosy and met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked him, Were not all ten cleansed? Why, where are all the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for us. So, the story this morning has got a lot of little nuggets within it. I was able to poke around a bit more in preparation for recording today. But um, this is obviously dovetailing a little bit with what we covered in 2 uh, Kings chapter 5 with the clean, cleansing of Naaman the leper. And if you can recall, in that story, uh, God is somehow blessing the king of Aram and blessing Naaman, this foreign commander, because of their success in war. Naaman's got leprosy, and a girl from Israel who's been, I guess, the spoil of war tells Naaman and the king of Aram about the healing power of Elisha. And so, long story short, uh, Naaman goes and he has conference with Elisha through uh, correspondence. And when he's given an unusual command, he bristles at first, but then his community tells him uh, to clean, be, go ahead and follow the orders of the prophets so that he can be cleansed, right? So you have got all these interesting things working here earlier in this week, and it's in the background of this story, because if you can recall, and I don't I don't blame you for not, I mean, it's awful early in the morning probably by the time you're listening to this, but in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus goes home to Nazareth, we, we can be reminded, we covered this a few weeks ago. Uh, Luke's Luke's version of the story of Jesus going home and preaching in a synagogue in Nazareth. It's got a little longer form in Luke chapter four. And uh, people are a little irritable with Jesus because they've heard that he's been doing some other things in the other towns of Galilee. So when he's come home, there's, there's a bit of a high expectation. People's expect expectations aren't met, uh, a lot like Naaman. And uh, then they begin to growl against him and Jesus does this little parabolic teaching and he talks about how in the days of elisha uh, many people were not cured in the northern regions of samaria but uh, naaman was the one that was cured right so you've got this preference for naaman over other people like within the community that could have been cleansed with the same issue right so it's interesting now we can fast forward okay now that's been established fast forward all the way uh, to luke 17 this story is only in luke and luke is uh, clear that this is still the travel narrative where jesus is on his way to jerusalem Uh, he starts in the waning stages of luke 9. he gets there in the waning stages of luke 19. but here's like a little bit of a check-in luke reminds us once again now on his way to jerusalem jesus traveled along the border between samaria and galilee okay so he's he's going to the place that he referred to Uh, people being missed from the healing miracle um, in Naaman and Elisha's day as Jesus taught in Luke chapter 4. And so how ironic here that um, whenever Jesus gets to cleanse lepers this time in the same region, that uh, there's 10 people who call out to him, but only one returns to give praise to God. And ironically, it's a Samaritan, right? So the Samaritans were skipped over and probably growled. Uh, uh, you know, against uh, Elisha in those early days. Uh, Jesus used that story as a way to afflict the comfortable of the, the folks in Nazareth. And then it's used here on the other side of the coin. I mean, so Samaritans were like the lived in enemies of Israel. And so there's there are times when the Bible comforts us, right? There's other times it like pokes a stick in our eye because uh, Samaritans weren't expected to have great faith. They weren't expected to be able to articulate the deep mysteries of God. And because of that, they weren't expected to receive blessing from God. Here we are with ten individuals. They all had the same uh, issue. Nine of them went on their way, but only one thought within their heart that the wise wise and praiseworthy thing would be to return and praise the one who had the power to heal him. And it's the unusual suspect. It's actually the Samaritan and not everyone else uh, from the people the, from the places in Galilee, the people of Israel, and so, a lot of things that we could say here. Obviously, on the surface, uh, this is just a general moral truth about uh, making sure that we live lives of gratitude, um, when every good and perfect gift comes from God, and therefore, uh, the Christian should be people of uh, with praise on our lips, right? We should be the ones who are grateful for all things God has given us. There's like this subtle thing underneath subtle thing about maybe Jesus is surpassing Elisha. Elisha was this great idealized human figure, but Jesus is even greater because where Elisha skipped over the Samaritans in Naaman's day, Jesus is not leaving them behind, right? There's also even a more subtle thing uh, which allows us to reflect once again that we are so good at trying to create divisions between like first-class and second-class citizens or those that we would expect to receive from God and those who should be left out. According to our interpretation, our mores, the things that we've concluded within our communities, uh, there's this uh, thing that sociologists call cults of innocence, where we we have this penchant as human beings to claim that we're the innocent ones And they like to point the fingers at other people because we do get like this psychological kickback for being on the winning team or being those who thought through an issue and we're on the winning side and everyone else is on the losing side. Now this is not a, you know, exercise in futility. we are plunge ourselves into, um, relativism where we can't call truth truth it's not it at all but you have to admit that there are times like not just in middle school and high school but even in adult life where we try to say we're the good ones and they're the bad ones and we get some sort of a kick out of it and uh, what jesus does here once again is he allows us to confront our confirmation bias about the things that we think are good and the people that are good and to be surprised once again that uh, god's Uh, generosity is grace Uh, the common grace begins to kind of boil up and uh, it begins to pop up in places that we would not expect so what does that say i think on the surface let's be grateful people today on the next surface uh, on the next layer underneath the surface uh, let's be expectant that jesus is up to stuff uh, stuff that uh, surpasses everyone else's kindness everyone else's ingenuity everyone else's initiative jesus will go further today and number three Let's check our confirmation bias. Um, Let's have a little more what the uh, philosophers call epistemic humility of saying, I don't know everything. I don't know much and I'm willing to learn more today. I'm willing to be open-minded about the things that I have routinely missed because I've been trying to make patterns out of life that are predictable and that reward me uh, because of all my previous experience. But what if we started over? Repentance is changing our minds. What if we have repentant hearts and say, God, I changed my mind. I haven't changed my mind on the things I don't know I need to change my mind about. But I'm open to be shaped today. So with all those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're grateful today because every good and perfect gift comes from you. And so may you find within us grateful hearts that uh, acknowledge your place in our life, uh, the one who's sovereign and over us. And so we give you praise for all the gifts today, the air in our lungs, the food that we'll eat, the communities that we inhabit today through work and through school and through play. Uh, We just pray that you might find a grateful heart within us. God, we also thank you for Jesus who went all the way further, that you went all the way to the end, that you endured the cross and you scorned shame and you came to seek and save the lost world that you love, and so we think that you included us in that family. And so, as we think of you today, we think of the God who goes further and further for the sake of the most vulnerable and the people who need you the most. And so, we're grateful for that today. God, we also confess that we need to have our confirmation biases challenged today. We do think that we've learned over time, but um, we confess to you that we've developed patterns of observation that leave people out. Uh, that prize certain people over others. And so we thank you that the truth of Scripture sends correction into our hearts, right? Uh, The correction that uh, you don't show any favoritism, uh, but that you seek and rescue those, all those who call upon you, that you show no favoritism. And so God, this day, I pray that we might have the eyes of Christ, Then I pray that when we enter rooms, that we would not seek to only affiliate with those who are well off and who are safe. Uh, those that we might be able to uh, deem predictable and like us. But I pray that you give us compassionate hearts, that your love would abound in our lives, so that we might be able to have compassion, empathy, and sympathy for all people that we encounter today. So God be with us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.